Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today, we are flashing back to episode number 60 with Tasha Saran Smith. Tasha came to realize with Cutco Vector how learning to sell could change someone's life. And she also practiced several times how to build a business from scratch. She started Emerge Sales Training to bring these skills to others in a way that's accessible to anyone. Within her first two years, she built a seven-figure revenue coaching business, and she has now impacted tens of thousands of people to grow their businesses and improve their lives. In this short snippet, Tasha recounts a transformational story from her Cutco experience then shares how she made a leap of faith to start her own sales training company. She covers multiple key concepts that she teaches to others, and she passionately explains why sales is such an important and noble profession in this world. This episode shares fundamental lessons for success in any business and in life. Here at Cutco Vector, we are truly changing lives selling knives by bringing these critical skills for life to people at a time that can be transformative in impacting the rest of their lives in all areas. Please help spread the philosophies and strategies of Cutco Vector by sharing this and other episodes of this podcast with people in your network. The podcast is available for free on just about all podcast players. All episodes, guest bios, and show notes can also be found at changinglivespodcast.com and you can support our podcast sponsors by clicking on the link marked Deals on the podcast homepage. Enjoy this flashback segment with Tasha Saran-Smith, guest hosted by J. Brad Britton. And remember that you can revisit their full conversation at episode number 60. Tell us about some early experiences, uh, some lessons maybe that you learned from any early experiences uh, in, on the job. The biggest one, I think, was when I field trained this guy named Chris G. And I can't find him anywhere because I think he really changed the trajectory of my life. Hmm. Um, I took him field training and he was oh for 20 something, like one of those hmm. classic stories. And Joanne asked me to take him field training. And I went, I took him field training. It was a last ditch effort. And I got a no sale and five referrals. So I thought, well, great. What's going to happen? Um, Chris ended up being the speaker at the next, next week's team meeting. Uh, that, that field training was on a Wednesday and he was the speaker the next week because between that and the next meeting, he sold $3,200 Wow! off okay. on 13 demos. And he actually stood up and he's the stereotypical computer science major from Cal state Fullerton. And he stood up and gave this speech about how field training changed his life. Wow. And you, and you had a no sale. 
and it was a no, it was a no sale. And I was maybe three or four weeks old in the business. Mm. And I was blown away because I always knew that I was calling on my life to be an encourager to others, uh, kind of like fight for the underdog. And when I saw it happening, it just totally blew my mind. Wow. Just how much someone learning how to sell could change their confidence. Mm. And so he, the way he stood, the way he spoke, it was a completely different human the fall that next week. Uh, that was one experience that I actually cite as a major turning point in my entire life. So you have transitioned now into uh, going beyond what you did in Vector. And you, you, worked, you said you had a corporate job or worked in the corporate world for like 10 years or something before you started your own company. So tell us about that transition. So I worked as an enrollment manager at University of Phoenix. That's what I did for 11 years. And then I started to get a little itchy. So I put up a podcast. I thought, well, I have no marketable skills. The only thing I've ever been able to do is teach people how to sell. Mm -hmm. So I put up a little podcast and I got invited to a network marketers party, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, you're in sales. I'll come to your party if you listen to my podcast. And she said, okay. And then I got a text later that day. I think I might want to hire you. And I was still working full-time. And I went to her thing. I was like, this is way too hard. We fixed it. And she went from making $50 a month for two years straight to making $450 the next month. Hmm. Most people in sales do what we will call word vomiting. Mm-hmm. And so the crux of what I teach right now is we call it the five keys to closing. The first one is to set up an appointment. The other four are in the appointment. And this is basically what we implemented. Uh, the first is to give an agenda so that everyone knows what is what to expect. Okay. And then they agree to buy that day if they're going to buy that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second is to gain input. Most people will just tell them all the reasons their product is so amazing. But if you're working in the health and wellness industry, you have to stop and ask, what are your health goals and what else and what else and your husband and your kids Mm -hmm. and how will that impact your overall quality of life? And what do you already know about this product or how Mm -hmm. it can work? Uh, So we implemented that. We simplified everything. So it was more personalized. So earlier you mentioned this health goal. This is the thing that's going to help with that. Mm -hmm. You may not have like the way you are now. You can move on. And the biggest thing, which you'll just laugh at, because I mean, this is definitely a Cutco one, is the choice of two is scientifically proven. And what she was doing is like, here's everything ever. What do you want? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we implemented that in her closing percentage shot from like 10% up to 80, 90% as an introvert who's a former coder. Wow. Okay. So then her leader hired me. So Charlie and I had a conversation about taking a leap of faith and got out of the boat, so to speak, and took a leap of faith and quit my corporate job when I had $400 a month of revenue. And uh, the results were so phenomenal that uh, the word of mouth spread very, very quickly. And that first year, we did about 80 grand in in sales, which is pretty solid. And And the next year... You're selling your training. I'm selling my training and one-on-one coaching. And the next year we did 1.4 million. Wow. That is, uh, that is something else. Any challenges that you, uh, you feel like you've overcome, uh, you had to overcome in, in kind of moving this forward. I know you said you had to make that leap of faith. Any other growing pains as you've kind of gone, gone out on your own and started your own deal here? I think one thing that I learned that I've had to overcome a few times 
is how to create from scratch. Mm -hmm. So when I started my business, luckily I knew how to create all of it from scratch. I had done it in multiple offices. I went to UC Sandy. I went from Orange County to San Diego County. So I had to build a brand new referral base. So I guess that's overcoming an obstacle, but I think that's really, really relevant for our audience. This ability to build sales out of nowhere, mm-hmm. uh, either as a branch manager, a district manager, as a rep, is something that is so valuable out in what I guess people call the real world. Yeah. That I just was able to keep going back to that anytime I ran into adversity. So I think starting was adversity. I think another big one is this concept of called imposter syndrome. I don't know if you've heard of imposter syndrome. Of course, of course yeah. Uh, it was new to me and that was not knowing, like always believing you'd be found out to be a fraud. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, a lot of the things that I have always done have been a little bit intuitive. Like I've learned them, but how I actually executed and got results was kind of intuitive. And so I could never explain them. So I think I've always been carrying that. So it's really interesting about that is that the majority of people out there uh, or, you know, us from time to time too, as you just mentioned, you know, but a lot of people, they just, they just don't try anything because they're afraid of that. They're afraid mm-hmm. that they don't really have, they're not really worthy, so to speak. And I've found, especially in my, as I've aged and worked with more people that one of the biggest challenges with people is they just have, they have inferiority complexes and social media does not help, right? Social media just it, it makes yeah. it so much worse because everybody thinks that everybody's, all these other lives are amazing. And now I, my life is not uh, so great. That kind of, feeds that imposter syndrome, I think, uh, but uh, just, just got, you just got to do what, what advice do you have for somebody that's, that you feel like is feeling that? Yeah. I do an exercise with every single one of my clients, my personal clients when I work with them and it's, uh, I build them a leadership superpower. Mm. Hmm. All of us have this leadership superpower. So it comes, I don't know if you're familiar with Gallup's work on strengths finder. Okay. Uh, so there's a strengths finder test you take and you have your top five talents and if you add skill to them, you get a strength. And if you add stress to them, you get a weakness. And so we create, like, we make them really aware of what their leadership superpower is so that their expert intuition comes into consciousness. Because most of imposter syndrome comes from either, right, lack of skills or knowledge, or it comes from expert intuition. You don't know why you did what you did. And since mm. you can't explain it, you feel like it was luck. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the work I do, cause I do have leaders I work with in the network marketing space that make over half a million dollars. I teach them the five keys to start, but then mm-hmm. it evolves is we talk a lot about what did you do to create that success? So a lot mm-hmm. more reflection looking back. Mm-hmm. So if you were to say, I have a win. Okay. So I had $10,000 push is still respectable, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Absolutely. So I did $10,000 push. Mm-hmm. It might feel like luck if you're operating in expert intuition. And so what I would ask is, well, what did you do to create that success and actually do an autopsy on those results so that you know what behaviors to continue to repeat? That helps you to avoid the cycle. Most people only do the debrief after a loss. Very few do the debrief after a win. So what I would recommend is to do a really good debrief after you win so that you could start to see what are the things that I do so you can repeat them and you won't fall into that trap. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, listen, as you look forward in your career and in your life, uh, Tasha, what, uh, how do you aspire to change people's lives? That's what this podcast is all about. So how, how do you want to change lives with your work and your influence? 
I believe that sales is, when done properly, is one of the most noble professions. When you operate with a good salesperson, you will feel cared for, loved, listened to, heard, right? Valued. And this is why good sales training needs to be out there for everybody. I actually have a sweatshirt that says, we sell hope. And one of the things, you know, it all goes back to the first, one of the first stories I told you is I just think learning how to sell is an experience that helps you to be the master of your own destiny. Whether you stay in sales or not, when I quit my job, I could just pick up my sample kit. I wasn't really worried about what would happen to our family financially because I knew how to sell. And there are so many people out there that are, you know, their livelihood depends on their ability, you know, their ability to feed their family, send their kids to college depends on their ability to sell. Mm -hmm. But sales training outside, of course, of of Cutco, you know, when we used to say, and the training is free, people were like, "Mm," but like, it's a big deal. Most high quality sales training is priced so far out of the realm of what people are able to afford when they're starting that it almost creates a a total like a class system. And one of my missions is if if someone needs high quality sales training, that we're going to figure a way to deliver it in a way that is accessible to as many people as possible. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives. 